Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Hey, welcome to Believer's Church. My name is Joe. I'm the lead pastor here at Believer's, and I'm excited you're with us today. And obviously, I'm here, but I'm not here today, and that's because my daughter Michelle, her fiancé Steve, they are being married this weekend, actually Sunday at 5 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Michelle wanted to do a very small destination wedding in her mom's hometown, so that's where she's at, and Steve's at, and I'm at, and Gina's at, and uh, we'll be thinking of you, but I wanted to be here, and I wanted to teach this lesson because this is the final lesson in the series titled, Pleasing God, Living a Life that makes God smile. So that's why I'm doing this on video this past week and able to share with you this weekend. Um, and I want to let all our visitors know that I will be back next weekend, and I won't have a chance to shake your hand this weekend, but I'd love to see you next weekend, so I encourage you to come back. I'm going to begin a new series next weekend titled, What Jesus Hates About Church. And uh, we're going to have a blast with that series. So that begins next weekend. You know, about 20 years ago, I was in my office, and I had an appointment. And the appointment with what was with a gentleman. He was married to a woman who attended church here regularly, but he didn't attend regularly. And he was uh, giving her quite a hard time in the marriage, and uh, she talked him into coming to see me. And we're in my office. We're alone. And... I could tell as soon as he walked in, he didn't want to be there. And he begins to escalate and escalate. Before we know it, um, uh, he's literally pounding his hand on the table. He's pointing his finger at me. And then he just begins to cuss at me. And I'm, I'm just behaving. Um, here's what shocked me about this event. I was absolutely shocked. It's not what he did. It's how I responded that absolutely shocked me. I was shocked. And uh, he's coming at me, and I'm just smiling. I'm sitting there, and I'm giving him these soft answers, and he's coming at me more and more angry. And then all of a sudden, I saw this isn't going anywhere, right? So I said, I think it's time for you to, to go. Uh, I said, it's, it's been a pleasure <laughs> talking with you. And he got up, and he let me have it on his way out the door. And when he left my office, Here's what shocked me, okay? I was shocked at how I didn't react. I was shocked at how I was able to react the way that I did. And it was that day, as I sat in my office, the thought came to me that, man, I'm growing spiritually. I'm literally growing spiritually because, you know, being of Italian heritage, um, you know, and as I, I say this often, I know I'm not the toughest guy in this room. I know if I were in my prime, I wouldn't be the toughest guy in this room, right? I know that. But Italians can be quite uh, hard-headed, and we can be quite uh, emotional. And for me to sit there and smile and not respond, I thought, wow, God has done something in my life. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I never make mistakes. I never uh, react uh, the wrong way, but here's what I'm saying. Something happened inside of me, and we're going to talk about that something 
today. Today, we're going to talk about this thing called love and how God encourages us, commands us literally to love other people. And we're going to talk about how you and I can grow in this area. But remember, this is pleasing God, living a life that makes God smile. And when you talk about making God smile, nothing makes God smile more than you and I acting like him, than you and I loving people. So here's the point of what I want to bring across today. I want to do my best to help you walk out understanding this more clearly than you've ever understood it. And it goes like this. You are love. That's why you can love. The reason you can love is because you are love. And of course, I'm talking about the real you, your spirit man on the inside. When you accepted Jesus, he was created in God's image. And I want to walk through some scripture to help all of us understand this more clearly today. I want to keep reminding us of the fact that we're capable of acting like Jesus. We're capable of reacting like Jesus in every situation. We're not going to be perfect, but we can keep growing in this particular area of our life. And it's the most amazing thing when you talk about this area. Now, most of us know this, but let's remind ourselves of this truth, that God is love. And notice what the Bible doesn't say, and we'll read the scripture in a moment. It doesn't say God loves. It doesn't say God reacts in love. It says God is love. That's literally his nature. We saw in lesson two that God is holy. He doesn't have to try to be holy. He is holy. Well, God is love. That's just who he is. And it's easy for him to love people because he is love. And listen to this scripture, 1 John 4, 8. But if a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God, for God is love. And I think the first part of the verse is really important for us to just take a moment on. The word know there is referring to an experiential relationship with God. And it's talking about literally spiritual maturity. So what God's saying is, if we're not capable of loving people, and again, we won't be perfect all the time, but if we can't love people, he's just saying we're not spiritually mature. That's all he's saying. And he's letting us know God himself is love. Now, I remember when I started Believer's Church, there was a really famous pastor in this community when I started Believer's. His name was Len Evans. He pastored over at Pleasant Valley Church, and he was nationally renowned. He wrote some books on the subject of love, and you want to talk about love, everybody would mention Len Evans' name. And here I am, a young buck, you know, I'm 24, 25 years old, and I keep hearing his name, and He's famous for love. And I used to roll my eyes behind closed doors and go, who, who cares about love? That's sissy stuff. I want to know, know the deeper things of the Bible. And I just used to just fluff it off. And I used to think, so what? And then some years passed and some years passed and I grew and I came to realize, boy, talk about one of the most important subjects in the Bible it is love. And later on, I got to know Len, and I got to let him know how he impacted my life so greatly in so many ways. But I remember the day when I wasn't all that impressed with what we're going to teach today. This is referring to treating people with kindness, with love, with forgiveness, with respect, being nice to the people that aren't people you want to be nice to, loving the unlovely, loving the people that treat you wrong. Whoa. Now, listen to what the Bible says. 
Not only is God love, here we go, you are love. That's your very nature. It's inside you. And that day in my office, what shocked me when that man let me have it, what really shocked me was that I began to draw out of here instead of out of here. God was growing me. And I was like, God, this is remarkable. If, I, if only I can treat my wife this way, we'd be set, right? Now, listen to Ephesians uh, 4.24, and it goes like this. And put on the new nature, the regenerated self, created in God's image. I like this. God-like in true righteousness and holiness. So two aspects of the new you is righteousness and holiness, but here's the part we're really interested in. You guys ready? Watch this. He says, created in God's image, God-like. The new person inside of you that God made, when you accepted Jesus, he recreated your spirit. It's God-like. Now, we're not part of the Trinity. We're not God. Uh, we're not a deity, but we have God's DNA. We're created in this image. And here's what I've learned. If we don't understand you are love, that's why you can love. If we don't know that up here, if we don't renew our minds to it, we're going to keep the real us. We're going to keep it corked up in a bottle. It's not going to come out. But it's amazing what happens when we begin to open up our understanding and we begin to realize that, man, our very nature, our very nature, our DNA is love. And boy, it begins to become really easy to love people because we begin to see that that's exactly who we are. So what I thought I'd do as we progress is I thought I'd talk about the two most difficult people groups to love, all right? Now, a people group that's really easy to love would be your family. And I realize in every family there's a few tough people to love, but overall, man, is it easy to love our family, right? It's easy to love your children your grandchildren, um, your, your parents, your siblings. That's easy. Your blood, that's easy. So I thought, I'll leave that one alone today. But I want to talk about two other people groups where it can become really, really tough. The first group I want to talk about is the Christian. Christians are our brothers and sisters in God, in the Lord. And you have some Christian friends that are really easy to love. They're your friends. You guys click. But God wants us to love every Christian on the planet because he sees it uh, and he knows it. He created it this way. They're literally our spiritual brothers and sisters, and God wants us to love everyone, and that begins to become pretty tough. He, he doesn't say you have to be best friends with every Christian because you're not going to click with everyone, but he wants us to love everyone, and that's really it can be a difficult thing to do. And here's what God did in me. It's an it help, helps me out so much. And I like to say it this way. Um, how we treat a Christian is how we treat Jesus. God, God had to open up my eyes to this truth. And I want to share a little story with you. And you guys hear me say, you'll, hear me, you'll see another story here before I close. It just has to do with my, my, my youth. And um, I don't know why, but I was just an ornery kid. I had great parents. And so I don't want you to think I had bad parents. My parents were awesome I don't know why I just was kind of an angry kid. So I'm a third grader, and uh, we start a new school year. And this girl sits in front of me. Her name is, was literally Tammy. I won't tell you her last name, but her first name was Tammy. And for some reason, I just didn't like her from day 
one, the first day of school. And remember, I had six brothers, no sisters, so I'm not used to little girls, you know. And so I, I, she was just too happy and too bubbly for me. And, and I remember uh, we're, we're, in, we're in our class, first day of school, and I just slapped her on the back. I said, listen, Tammy, I don't want to hear you talk. Just be quiet. And I began to do it every day, and then I would, you know, call her some names and things like that. And she finally, this girl shut down, and I'm too dumb to even know what I'm doing, right? And a couple weeks passed, and one day I'm sitting back in my seat. She's right in front of me, and my teacher walks back and says, Joey, come on out in the hallway with me. And I have no idea what she wants. I didn't expect what I was about to experience. And I walk out in the hallway, and there's this really big guy out there I had never met. Now, my dad's only 5'7". Remember, I'm a third grader. I thought my dad was tall. This guy had to be 6'2", 6'3". He was really tall. And my teacher says, Joey, this is Mr. Tammy. (laughs) It was her dad. (laughs) And I'm like, hi, Mr. Tammy. I mean, he was big, and I'm in absolute shock at this time. And my teacher said, he wants to talk with you. And so he begins to talk with me, and he's looking down at me like, he goes, uh, my daughter loved school last year, and she couldn't wait to come to the first day this year. But ever since then, every morning she has a stomach ache, she doesn't want to come to school, and we keep asking her what's wrong, and she keeps telling us nothing, but last night we found out, you've been slapping her on the back and telling her she can't talk? And he says, I want you to know something, little boy, if you ever touch my daughter again, you're going to have to deal with me. And he said this, he said, when you touch her, you touch me. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Okay, Mr. Tammy. Okay. I'm like shaking in my boots. Do you know, I treated her like gold the rest of the year. I was, I, I brought her gifts in. I treated her like gold. The last thing I wanted to do is ever face Mr. Tammy again, because he scared me. And let me tell you something. Every Christian that you know, every Christian in this room, is as much a child of God, one of God's kids, as you are. And that changes everything. And I'm not telling you Jesus is going to be like Mr. Tammy and come down on you, but talk about making God smile. Man, when we treat his children nicely, that makes God smile. I mean, it makes him smile. It's a life that you and I want to grow in and live at the highest level. So there's this guy in the Bible. I want to help you see this uh, in, in Scripture his name is Saul, and he's the religious, a religious leader in the Jewish faith, and he hates Christians. He didn't like what Jesus did. Jesus had just died, and now he just is on the war path with Christians. He just cannot stand Christians. So he's coming with legal documents. He's traveling all over Israel, and he's throwing Christians in the jail. He even had some put to death, and he stood there while they were put to death. And so Saul's going to Damascus, and on his way to Damascus, something amazing happens. And I I just want to show you what happens, because I love what we call Damascus Road experiences, and maybe today some of you will have a Damascus Road experience that are in this place. But it's amazing uh, what happened in the terminology that Jesus himself used. So notice this. This is Acts 9 and verse 3, and it says... um, As he was nearing Damascus on this mission, this is Saul, suddenly a brilliant light from heaven spotted down on him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Paul, Paul, 
why are you persecuting me? You notice how he didn't say my church? He said me. Here's something else that's really cool. We'll go back to that persecuting me thing. He said, Paul, Paul. He changed his name on the spot. Isn't that pretty cool? Jesus just instantly changed his name, and he called him Paul instead of Saul. He gave him a new name, but he said, why are you persecuting me? And then he went on and said this, or Paul said this, verse 5. Who is speaking, sir? Paul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and await my further instructions. And then he became one of the greatest, well, I would say the greatest apostle that ever lived. He wrote nearly three-quarters of the New Testament, and that's his history. That's his beginning. But what we're after today is we're after what Jesus said to him. And Jesus just didn't say, you're persecuting my church, he said, you're persecuting me. And that's because we're one with him. We're his, we're, we're his children. And God wants you and I to understand that how we treat Christians is how we literally treat Jesus. Now, I want to tell you something that happened in my personal life with my marriage. Um, I remember, this, this is many years ago, over 20 years ago, probably more like 28 years ago, uh, Gina and I had this huge fight. We just had this big argument. And I remember I went into my room and I shut the door and I was doing some praying and, and I was doing what we call complain prayers where I'm just saying, God, I can't believe you gave me a wife like this. God, I can't believe how she treats me. God, I can't believe this about her. And I'm just ranting and raving and going on and uh, calling it prayer, by the way. And then... I'll never forget, I had a God moment in my life. It was a God moment, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. Not these ears, but he spoke here, and, and he said this. He said, Gina is my daughter, and I don't like the way you're treating my daughter. And that just, boom, <laughs> that just exploded in me, and I thought, wow, all, all this time I thought she was Vito's daughter. Her dad's name is Vito, and I thought, she's just Vito's daughter, but no, she's more than Vito's daughter. She's a Christian. She's God's daughter, and from that point on, I'm not going to say I was perfect in all my actions, and I didn't have my moments, but I shifted. It shifted. I treated her different from that moment on, but guess what? Every man in this room is God's son, and every woman in this room is God's daughter. If you've accepted Christ, you are a child of God. You're God's daughter. You're God's son. And what God wants us to see is how we treat other Christians is how we treat Jesus. And so I'm going to challenge you at the end to grow in this area this week in your life. But let's talk about the second people group. It's an interesting group. Uh, and, and, and I want to just say this. It's the non-Christians. And I want to say this about the non-Christians. We, we must love unbelievers who live differently than we do. And this is probably the toughest thing, so that's why I decided to write that one out um, and say it that way. We live in a world that is so morally different than we are. We're following the Bible, and we're following what the Bible teaches and how the Bible says we should live, right? And people out there are living totally different and they're acting totally different and yet God's asking us to love them. Think about that. 
He's asking us to love people that don't live the way we do. And he lets us know, I do that, I want you to do it. And I'll never forget a story. You know how we're all on a journey, and I believe different events in our life are impacting us before we're Christians and preparing our hearts to open. And the first event that ever took place in my life had to do with some neighbors that moved in next door to us. And our old neighbors left. These new neighbors moved in. And we were Catholic. Every neighbor around us just about was Catholic. And the new people that moved in, um, they weren't Catholic. But they were really different. So we ended up calling them Christians. Because not only weren't they Catholic, they were, they were Protestants. But we called them Christians because they really followed their Bible. We, we had never met anybody in our life that really followed their Bible. And they were just the most loving, amazing people. And when they moved in, I was in high school, and I was not a good kid at that time in my life. But I was impressed with how they loved us. And, you know, the Bible talks about how we're the light of the world. It talks about us shining our light. And we were not easy to love. My mom and dad were, but us boys were not easy to love. And I look back on how they treated us, and I think, whoa, that was amazing. Uh, the wife made the most incredible German chocolate cake, and she would bring one over. I, sometimes I think it was every two, three months she brought us a German chocolate cake, and we would devour it. It was just, she was an incredible, incredible baker. The guy was a really big guy, but he was so nice. And, and I'd never met anybody that looked like they were, you know, could tear your head off, but they were nice. And so here's a little story that happened uh, in that context, all right? Um, I used to steal a couple cigarettes off my dad a day. He was a chain smoker. He smoked three packs a day. And who knows, maybe he only really smoked two, and us boys took the other pack, but he didn't know it. But I'd try to take one to two, usually two cigarettes. And then at night, I'd offer to throw the garbage out. We had a shed in our backyard, and the garbage cans were behind there. And I'd just go behind the shed, and then I would smoke my two cigarettes, and then I'd go back in the house. Well, when these new neighbors moved in, they had a dog, and they put a doghouse back there with their dog, and the first night I go out with that new dog, he begins to bark. My mom yells out the window, Joey, get in this house. What are you doing out there? Come on in. And he, he ruined everything, this dog. So I thought, here's what I'll do, because I didn't hate dogs. I thought, I'll get my BB gun the next night. I'll go out with my cigarettes. I won't hit the dog, but I'll scare him, and I'll make him just get into his house. So the first night, it worked perfect. Um, I tried to shoot in front of him, and I did. And then I shot his house, and then he ran in the house. He stopped barking. But the next night, I missed and hit him. And then he yelped, and then he ran into his house. And so that went on, and I was able to smoke my two cigarettes. And every now and then, I missed and hit him. I felt awful about it, but I had to smoke my two cigarettes, right? So short time after that, the guy next door, the neighbor, comes and talks to my dad, and he says, hey, he says, I'm finding BBs in, in the hide of my dog. He goes, um, do you think your boys would, would shoot my dog? And my dad reacted, like, his reaction was, they better not because if they are, I'll break their necks. And my dad was just like really upset. And he sat us down, and of course I lied, like I always did back then. And, 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 and yet I look back now, and years ago I looked back after I had met Jesus, and you know, I thought, wow. That man knew one of us kids did it, but he treated us like it. He treated us so kind. He knew we were shooting his dog, 
But the love that came out of him was absolutely amazing. And he's the first person I met, him and his wife, that began to open my, my dark, closed heart to Jesus. And you and I have the ability to do that with everybody we rub shoulders with in this world. And I want to read a scripture to you. It's a really cool scripture. It's Matthew 5, 43, and it reads like this. Jesus speaking, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and it's on written companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging you, and he's saying, this is what I'm going to challenge. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer, for then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is a remarkable section of Scripture. And I love what he says. He says, when someone treats you wrong, when someone does you wrong, when someone grates your nerves the wrong way, he says, let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. I like that. And every day, you and I are challenged. Students, you're challenged. You're going to be challenged this week when you go to school. All of us who work, offices, plants, wherever you work, the boss, uh, the employee, whatever you are, we're going to be challenged this week on how we react concerning how we're treated or what kind of person we're around and what they do that upsets us and grates our nerves. We are going to be challenged, and we have an opportunity to react the right way or the wrong way. We can react out of here. You, you can react out of here, or we can react out of here. And it's up to us which way we react. Remember, you are love. That's why you can love. So you can react out of here. And my challenge for you this week, whether it's with Christians, it's with um, the people that are not Christians, it's with the people that grate your nerves, maybe even have an enemy or two. My challenge is for you and I to let it bring the best out of us. What's the best? Well, we pray for them. We pray for them. What's the best? We treat them with love. We treat them with kindness. And what's God saying? Look at, look at it again. He says, he says, I want you to operate out of your true self, your God-created self. He's saying, live out of here, not out of here. And then he gives us this incredible example. You ready? Uh, in, in verse 45, he says this. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to the to, to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone. He gives it to everyone. Regardless the good and bad, the nice and nasty. Think about it. The sun shines on everybody. The rain falls on everybody. And it's just an example of God's love. God is a God of love who's loving everyone. Yeah, there's a day of judgment that will come. But man, he's loving everybody like crazy to bring them to a place to where they make things right with Jesus. But he's wanting us to see that he wants us to pour out love on everybody regardless of how they live their life, regardless of how they treat us. And he's saying to us that every time something happens that pushes one of our buttons, we can react in a great way or a bad way. We can react from here or here. So I want to pray in just a moment. 
And I want you to remember, you are love. That's why you can love. You have it in here. And I want to challenge you this week to take it up to the next level. Find somebody. They're the person you have the most trouble with. And do something nice. Do something kind. Um, those of you that struggle with politics, and you know some of you don't like our current president, some of you didn't like the policies of our last president, but guess what? God's called us to pray for our presidents and to speak good of our presidents. And so he's asking us to come from living from here to living from here. So that's my challenge for you. Next weekend when I'm back in the lobbies, I want you to come up and tell me how it went. I want to hear about uh, some, some of your incredible uh, stories of how you reacted the right way. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Lord, I did my best to bring out an incredible part of the Bible. I thank you for every incredible person in this room. And Lord, here's our heart's prayer. Grow us in this area of our life. Open up our eyes to the fact that we are loved so we can love and help us grow in this area, Lord, of our life. And we thank you for doing it. Lord, show us some people that we can love in an extra strong way this week because, Lord, we've not loved them in the past. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stay in an attitude of prayer, all right? Maybe you're here today and you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell. And man, we just spent an entire lesson talking about when we accept Jesus as our Savior, we become one of God's kids. So I want to speak to you if you're here and you're not sure of your eternity. And understand, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. Understand, I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church or you were water baptized as a baby or an adult, because listen, you can do all those things. They're all good. You can do all those things and not be a Christian. Isn't that sad? In order to be a Christian, you have to have an encounter with Jesus. Like, like Paul, it doesn't have to be as drastically, but like that road to Damascus experience. Um, there has to come a day in your life where your eyes are open, your spiritual eyes, and you see Jesus as the Savior. Jesus said, if you call on my name, he says, I'll give you eternal life. I'll wash all your sins away. And so right now I'm asking you, can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal, when you made it real with Jesus? And if you can't, my, my, my question to you right now is why not make that today? Why not let today be the day that you pray and you give your heart to Jesus? And if you're here and you say, I'm ready to do that, Pastor Joe, uh, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, can you help them pray? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner and I repent for all my sins. Jesus, this day, I make a decision to follow you and I declare you're the Savior and I receive you as my Savior. Now heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. All your sins were washed away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. He recreated you. You're actually now created in his image. You have his DNA. You, you may not have felt it. You probably didn't feel it, but that's okay. It happened. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.